Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's Around the House. And I'm going to throw something in as an environmental consultant. I don't care which part of the country you live in, you will have moisture affecting that foundation, slab, concrete, whatever. So it may be different times of year. If you live in Arizona, you may say, oh, you know, we're relatively dry, but you get that monsoon season where you get tremendous amounts of rain that hit and that concrete isn't used to dealing with it and it can easily present a crack. Simple. It just happens. So nobody is um, absolved of having this issue happen. It's across the board anywhere you live in the, in the U.S. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know. But we've got you coming. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G. and Caroline B., your source for home improvement every single weekend. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Caroline, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Hi, guys. How is everyone in Radio Land? Oh, everything's going well out there. It's the new year. We've added more stations. Welcome to our new stations out there. And thanks for tuning in today. We have two hours of home improvement ahead for you. Well, at least one hour and some funny times in the next hour. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to talk. You and I were talking foundations and DIY foundation repairs and stuff are such a big topic right now. Mm, and a lot of people are doing renovations and then they uncover they have a foundation problem. So it's a surprise. You know, there's a lot of surprises. Literally my brother last night texted me these pictures of a guy, a friend of his doing a kitchen remodel. And they had done an addition out the back of this craftsman home. The previous owners who should not have had power tools. They somehow, I'm not sure how the house is still standing up, looking how they removed the back wall of the house. Uh-oh. And it is so poorly done. I actually had to go to my brother and say, you know, man, just have him get a structural engineer to go out there. <laughs> this is so bad and so complex that it's bad that there are going to be multiple walls, ceiling systems, floor systems that have to be completely torn out and redone just in a kitchen remodel. That's horrible. Well, that's what happened to this client that sent us pictures. So we got out a client that talked about finding a foundation crack and wanted to get Eric's input as to if it was serious or not. We can go into that in a little bit. But how they found it was they had had backup in their kitchen pipe. So, you know, they're sewage line backed up into the kitchen. And as they started to have to remodel and do the same thing that you were talking about, guess what? They found this foundation crack and some other cracks in the foundation and deterioration that happened because of water infiltration, yada, yada. But surprise. Yeah. Let's talk about that since we're talking about it right now. Let's just go ahead and dive into this. And so 
from what I saw in the pictures, looked like the carpet got taken out kind of in the living area, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Got rolled correct. up so you can get new carpet in because it had been damaged. And there was a, this is a slab on grade construction. So there's no crawl space here. It's literally just concrete under the pad. And it's first floor. So this isn't some condo unit where there's a second floor pre or post tension concrete slab. Correct. This is just concrete on the ground. So nothing too complex here. But there was this long crack all the way across the floor that, you know, you could almost probably put a pencil in. You know what I mean? They measured it. You see that one one photograph's got, so they actually, so this is good for DIY. Put a measurement ruler right on it and you'll see. This one was, I'm looking at it like maybe an, what'd you say, 16? Yeah. Maybe 16. Uh, Let me zoom in here. I don't have the, let me zoom in and see what we have here. So, yeah. Here's the thing with that is it's really not, that crack is really not that big a deal. And let's talk about the rest of the situation. Over by the door, the patio door that goes out there, there was obvious water infiltration because you could see that the the tack strip was moldy. blackened from moisture and there was you know obviously some things going around and uh and the concrete was actually a general homeowner the concrete was actually deteriorating there too so it was all starting to crumble around where the entrance you know the water was coming in somehow from the exterior crumbling the concrete and then somehow the crack crack came out of that i don't know if it came as a settling crack or if it just decided so what this is, is that there's a footing over that outside, mm-hmm. you know, and they poured this concrete over the top of the footing. Well, the footing, when they actually did the building, was actually a little high for this concrete slab. So there was only just a, you know, half of an inch of concrete on the top you of that. Barely coated over, it, just slightly. Yeah. So what happens is, is when the ground, you know, the ground moves, even though you've dug this down when they built it and put it onto soil, it's not down into stone or rock. It's still laying in dirt. And as the the ground dries, because almost all ground has some clay in it, that ground will expand and contract. And so what happens is, is that slab in very micro adjustments is moving up and down a little bit as the ground s- swells. And that mm-hmm. slab is not tied into those foundation footings down there it's there on the inside it's kind of floating within the system so what happened is is as it expanded contracted that little thin layer of concrete gets busted out because it's Mm -hmm. like it's bashing up against it at a slow moving matter so there's no strength to that you know half inch quarter inch of concrete really so it busts up and makes it look horrible but now you've got an area that water can come in and with all the floods and stuff that you've had in your area pretty common to see that happen. Mm. And talk about too with the crack. So how do you know it's not a significant crack if you're looking at something in your foundation and that's width, but then also height to either side of the crack? Yeah. So this crack that goes across the, the concrete floor, if you think about concrete, concrete is going to crack in a big slab like that, no matter what. The only way to stop that is to control the cracks where they come in And actually, like you would on a concrete floor, they come in, they pour it, and they come in and use a saw and do a saw cut so you promote the area for the crack to control it. Hmm. When you pour a big slab of concrete like this without it, I guarantee you it's going to crack at some point. That's natural. 
That's that's almost the only guarantee of concrete that it will crack <laughs> in a big slab without control joints in it. So that's the first thing. Second of all, when you look at this crack, there's two things that happen. One, I look for it to be offset. Like, is there a big lip? You know, is one side sunken down so the crack has opened up at the top? Has one side raised up so the crack mm-hmm. is tighter, but it's open towards the bottom of that? Exactly. And how offset is the crack? Is it moving one way or another? Now, one other thing you'll notice, too, is the age of the crack. Here's another little secret. When you look at a crack and the crack is jagged, right? Mm. And you see sharp edges. That is usually a newer crack. If you see one where everything is rounded, that has bounced off itself enough with expansion and contraction that that crack's been there for a long time. So how about this so one? So the more jagged and sharp usually. This looks that. jagged and sharp. So and it's and the homeowner said that it's probably less than 10 years old. I mean, last time they replaced the carpet, it wasn't there. So, right? This probably looks like yeah. a newer crack. Yeah. It's a definitely a newer crack. And so that in the floor like that is not something that I get too concerned about because it's not structural. It's not. It's just literally holding the carpet and the floor up and giving you a nice place to walk. So if you wanted to repair that, you sure could uh, and tie that back in together. And that's actually a fairly simple process as a DIY. So when we come back, let's talk about how to fix that crack. If you were concerned about it, if you went, you know, I want to tie these two pieces of concrete back together and make them strong, almost like it was when it started. And I we'll think visually, tips on that here when make we it come look back. visually nice too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, anytime you do a crack repair like that, you're going to see the repair. But if you're putting flooring over, it doesn't matter. You're going to cover it up. Like if you were going to put, put a polished concrete, come in and grind it down, you're going to probably see where that crack repair the difference, is. difference, right. Because of the stuff we have to do to it. Absolutely. Hey, let's talk about that repair just as soon as Around the House returns. Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. Hey, if you want more information about this show, head over to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. And of course, you can catch the podcast if you're a radio listener anywhere you catch podcasts. Well, Caroline and I, you've been talking, we've been talking about your project, right? Wait, you forgot. They can catch us on Facebook. They can catch us on Instagram. You can catch us on LinkedIn. Am I forgetting? Uh, Twitter. Twitter. So if you're into any social media, you can find us, ask us questions. We love to answer questions and and possibly even have your question on the show. So write us. You got it. You can hit me up on Twitter. Send me a direct message over there. You can head over to Around the House online as well and uh, send us a message over there on the Contact Us page. We've been talking about foundations and concrete and all that stuff with your home. And we've been talking about a project that... Uh, One of Caroline's clients here has been uh, investigating, I guess is probably the right word to use. And there's that big crack going across the concrete in the living room floor. So since this is just sitting on the ground and it's not, you know, a second Mm -hmm. or third floor apartment or condo or a high rise 
Those are a different story that you have to take a little bit differently. You can actually fix this with epoxy and carbon fiber. And this can actually be a DIY solution. This is not that big a deal. So what you can come in. What if you wanted to mix up your own? What if you wanted to do your own mix up just a, a cement? Could you do that? It'll just pop it out. You know, doing it just to Portland? Yeah, no, that won't work. It'll pop it right mm-hmm. off. So you have no. to use something stronger than that. You just can't come in with a cement patch because those two slabs are going to move. And so you have to tie those pieces back together again. And just, I mean, if you wanted to put some caulking in there or something, it'll still move. It'll eventually push the caulking out, mm-hmm. but it's not really a good repair for that. So what you do is you go through and kind of chip out that entire crack, get all the loose stuff out, vacuum it out, get all the loose stuff out and make that a big enough repair there. And then what I do is I go through, you got to wet the concrete down because if you put any kind of a repair on it, what we're going to do is we're going to smooth this out, let it dry, and then we're going to put in these staples. And I'll tell you about this. So you clean out that crack as Mm -hmm. best you can. And then what I do is uh, there's a product you can get at the home centers called Cementol. It is a concrete repair, high-strength concrete repair product. And you mix it up a consistency about where you can make a snowball with it, right? So you get it to that mm. consistency. Get it troweled in there, follow the directions of the product, get it troweled in there, and so you have it smooth. Well, make sure that you know where that crack line is going because after that dries, you're going to come back in there and drill into that concrete and grind out space for these little barbells and these are concrete staples and what they are is they're a carbon fiber Hmm. kind of rectangular rod with two little dumbbells at the end of it and you're going to fill that hole up with epoxy push those staples back in there and then trowel back over the top of that so it's smooth those little dumbbells Hmm. tie that back together you can do them every you know 18 inches or so through there along the whole time that like it's surgery. like surgery. It's like you're putting staples, you're tying it back together. It's like yeah. surgery. Mm-hmm. You're stitching it back up again. And that will not break right there again. You will, if it's going to break, it's going to break another spot that will tie that back together and you'll be great. And that's a great place to get that. And you can get all these parts online. Uh, Simpson uh, strong time makes them uh, rhino carbon fiber makes them. Uh, both companies that you can get these products from online, and uh, that's a DIY repair. And it'll be great. Put your carpenter flooring back over the top of it. You got it smooth, good to go, and it's strong as ever. So you have to put the staples back in. If you don't do staples, then what happens? Just it'll come just come again. apart again. Yeah. Just going to come apart again. Yeah. That's the good one. Now, outside, you've got another issue out there at this residence because you've got a patio out mm-hmm. there out this sliding glass door that is now sunk. And usually what that is, is they didn't compact the soil up against the house where it was dug out for the foundation well enough. And that side settled. And then now it's. So there's a, a slider, a slider that you're coming out to, to a patio entrance right in that corner where the concrete had degraded, like right probably at the corner of the slider. Yep. And it looks like from a picture inspection picture that that slab is slightly tilted now towards the the inside of the home you know what i mean so it's tipping back in the water's running instead of running out 
So there's an easy mm-hmm. fix to that. If that slab is all kind of one piece and there's no big breaks in it, you can actually do what they call slab jack that. So what they do is they mm. come in and they bore a hole in certain areas through the concrete. And they will pump in either a foam product or a hydraulic expanding cement that they pump in there. And they will actually pump up and level that slab, or in this case, get it above level so it drains away from the house. And they'll bring it back up while Mm -hmm. still keeping the slab. And in many cases- Or like this homeowner desperately wants to replace this. Well- so they want an excuse to do a new slab. Sure. New patio. I, I, no yeah. more slab. Maybe pavers. I get it. Well, I I'm not a big fan of pavers right there. Just because on an exposed area right there, you, this is a condo. So the chance of the condo association maintaining that paver correctly is slim to none. I would shoot for a slab. Well, that's the homeowners. Well, here, I mean, I don't, I'm, this is Northeast. So here, that's their responsibility. Oh, really? So you have to take that area. Yeah. So like, for example, one of my other clients put in a whole new paver system outside. It's fenced in yeah. actually, but that's all your responsibility. So anything you put out there and it looks really great. I mean, they did all pavers with the recessed lighting inside the paver. It looks wow. stellar. It, but now in our area, so that's your, if it's your, a town home and you own the town home and the property there, then that is your responsibility. If this is a condo and the condo association takes care of all the exterior building parts, generally here, that's all part of the yard maintenance and everything else. So it's depending on how that system works. So that's, I mean, this is a townhouse. So it's okay. a townhouse. So, so that yeah, would be, the, be same. the same. Well, then you would be responsible. Yeah. For that. If you want yeah. a new patio, it's coming out of your pocket anyway. Go ahead and put a new patio. Interesting, though, how you, you know. uncover a problem. Eric, and then you uncover three other problems, right? So think about this. You had a sewage backup. Then you found out you had a concrete, a, a crack in your foundation. Then you found out you had your con- your foundation was deteriorating because you had water mm-hmm. infiltration. And then on top of that, it was all because you need a new patio and your patio's yep. kicking it to the wrong side of the property. That's it's crazy, right? This is what happens. That's what makes our job so it's fun. It's the can of worms. And I do, we got to go <laughs> out to break here, but I am pretty happy that I... <laughs> I I saw the pictures you sent me, and I said, get the engineer out there to make sure, but this is what I think, and I'm stoked that the engineer- Eric was right. Engineer nailed it. He was 100%. See, there you go for all your engineering questions around the house. <laughs> it's for you. Well, I am not an engineer. Eric was 100%. I have just worked with a lot of them, and I know what I'm looking at from working with a lot of structural engineers. So that's the key. All right, we come back. I want to talk about- Basement foundation walls, you know, everything from the block, the stone, the brick, the concrete, whatever you're looking at. We'll talk about that just as soon as Around the House returns. And you're listening to Around the House with Eric G.
Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B, your source of home improvement information every single week. Thank you for joining us. Caroline and I are talking foundations today. We're going to talk about those foundation walls, maybe like you'd have in a basement, for instance. Also, hey, before we get into foundations, you need to tell people you're going to be at the IBS show. Yeah, absolutely. Coming up here in a month. Not far. If you are a builder, contractor, designer, I will be in the home technology zone on stage over there. And we are going to be doing even two around the house episodes over there. So head over and check us out on the West Hall over there. I will Come be over there Eric's giving seminars on home technology. Oh, geez. Yes, it can get but you yes. He'll pose for Come a picture. Come say hi. Come mm-hmm. say hi. There we go. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to be having a good time talking about a whole bunch of new different tech stuff as well. Uh, so, and, uh, this week is, uh, the consumer electronics stuff. So we've got a consumer electronics show coming up here shortly. We're going to be talking about all the latest and greatest new stuff out I there. So that. coming the up in the next few stuff. weeks, you're going to see a bunch of new stuff. Yeah. Mm. A lot of cool to new technology. Well, we're going to talk foundation walls on this segment because it's such a big one. You know, out here in the West coast, we see mostly, when I say mostly, we see concrete. We see a little bit of stack stone, but mostly concrete. And then we see a lot of that in the older homes, that terracotta block, Mm. which it looks like it's that clay pot, but they're the, you know, like eight by eight or six by six blocks, depending on what size and how big. And then we have, you know, concrete block CMU construction and some brick. That's kind of the big ones out here. And then in the Northeast. Get out in the East Coast, right. a different story. We'll yeah. see stone, you know, especially the older homes. You know, you're going back, you're going to see a lot of stone. You oh, could yeah. see cobblestone foundation. Then you start to see a lot of block. Mm-hmm. That's very common. Uh, poured concrete foundations. So based on the age, that's pretty much what you'll see. One of the biggest problems we run into in my area, like many places, is moisture intrusion. Everywhere. So that's one of the biggest issues we run into. But let's talk about kind of what some of the pluses and minuses of these different foundation systems, because this is kind of we'll talk about the weak points and what the the pluses and minuses are. Just like if I was going to buy another house out here in the Pacific Northwest, I want concrete foundation unless I'm buying a vintage house. And I'm going to throw something in as an environmental consultant. I don't care which part of the country you live in you will have moisture affecting that foundation, slab, concrete, whatever. So it may be different times of year. If you live in Arizona, you may say, oh, you know, we're relatively dry, but you get that monsoon season where you get tremendous amounts of rain that hit and that concrete isn't used to dealing with it and it can easily present a crack. Simple. It just happens. So nobody is um, absolved of having this issue happen. It's across the board anywhere you live in in the U.S. Great point. Great point. So my favorite is concrete for a number, di- number of different reasons. But one of my least favorites are the terracotta block because that stuff is so brittle. And most of it is hollow on the inside, kind of like mm-hmm. how concrete block concrete block, the CMU block. The reason why I don't like either of those or they're not my favorites is because with the hollow cavities inside of them, they can be really tricky in trying to waterproof because you can have a leak on a 30-foot wall 
on the far right hand side as you're looking <laughs> at it running through those holes within all those <laughs> blocks the oh holes. yeah it'll go through those capillaries inside of all those big holes and show up 15 16 feet, feet away away every single time water takes the path of least so, resistance it's gonna no go question and then I don't like the the lack of strength with the terracotta because if you have an earthquake or stuff like that, it's literally clay pot is what this stuff's made out of. And it's not my favorite, the way it's built. That's, that's and you'll even run inside. I've had clients that have had insurance company issues with that foundation system because it concerned them. Uh, they couldn't get um, earthquake insurance. They couldn't get a bunch of different stuff. There were a bunch of riders because they had that. Kind of like when you get knob and tube wiring. A lot mm-hmm. of insurance companies have some problems with that. And the same thing with concrete block. It'll do the same thing with water. Uh, and so and the other an thing, talk about with concrete block, we were talking about people often want to seal their block, right? So they say, I'm going to put a sealer over the block, waterproof agent. And so what happens with block, especially if it's not sealed on both sides, you can get a lot of, when people talk about block smelling and going into a basement where it's really aromatic and moldy, you may not necessarily have a mold problem from an air quality standpoint, but you can get this musty smell. And that happens with block because moisture will get into these crevices that Eric is talking about, stay in there, and then it can't escape. And it gets damp and nasty and there's dirt in there and it starts to really stink. So sealing it on both sides is important if you have concrete, but um, more importantly, it's problematic for lots of reasons. I have gotten my concrete drill bed out and drilled a quarter inch hole into that block and have water come out of it. Like <laughs> I was drilling a hole in a dam. That's nasty. And then it smells. And it's coming it out the on. wall. Yeah. Nasty water coming out six inches out of the wall at the hole. <laughs> Not good. So these are all different types of foundations and you know, you gotta be really careful with them. Um, but now let's talk about some things that happen to these foundations. When you come into building a foundation, we built my my mom's entire home out of this new concrete system. Um, and so here's what's kind of cool. We built my mom's entire house out of this. SIPS is when you take a – SIPS is a structural integrative uh, – Insulated panels. So mm-hmm. SIPS is where you've got OSB plywood with the foam on the inside. Mm-hmm. But really, we're talking about the the foam block construction where you see the – they look like Lego blocks. Have you ever seen a house get built? Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. you have is you have these Lego blocks that you put together, and they snap together, and then you pour concrete inside of them. Correct. So what that does is it gives you an insulated interior and exterior – as well as the concrete on the inside. To help and with it moisture works really control. Well. And that's why we're yeah. talking about sealing both sides of the block, right? This allows you a way to do that where you may not be able to do that with concrete block. So it allows you that that it's almost a vapor barrier, if you will, on both sides of the concrete. Exactly. So that is commonly known as ICF. So those are what kind of what the name, the the trade name that you see out there is ICF for that construction method. And so, and that's basically an insulated concrete foundation or foam, depending on how you see people use it, but it's that foam on there. 
So there's little plastic brackets that go through it to hold, to keep things separated. And you pour your concrete down in there. We bought my mom's entire house out of that. Turned out great. They just stucco outside and it is the quietest house I've ever been in. Hmm. Now you can do additives with that in the concrete that I've seen where it does not let moisture come through the concrete. So when you order the concrete, they put an admix in the middle of that and it literally stops moisture from coming through that entire thing. And that's cool. So that's one way to go with this. If you're building a new house or you're doing an addition, you've seen them do it. I've seen them additions done with that where they tie it back in can work really well. And you can notice this. Like if you ever go, I'm Eric knows to tell us, to tell you a little bit about us, but I'm a real advocate of going out and seeing new construction and looking at houses and seeing what's going on in the industry. And so you can tell these basements when you walk into them from a DIY or just from person who wants to learn about building construction because they have these interior, you'll see like almost like a, a white panel on the interior. We'll talk about that when we come back just as soon as Around the House returns. Hi everybody, I'm Ari Kameen from Steven Adler's band and you're listening to Around the House with Eric G and the beautiful Caroline. Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B, your home improvement source every weekend. Well, Caroline and I have been talking about foundations, concrete pads, all that stuff today, haven't we, Caroline? Yeah, and I'm learning too because I was calling it something different. And Eric has corrected me once again, the mastermind. That's okay. The mastermind. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I th- These are all products that I've gotten to use. I've gotten to play around with. Uh, so I, I have a, a pretty big experience with that after building my home, my mom and dad's home out of stuff. They had that built and uh, it's an interesting way to go. Now, so many people end up having foundation cracks and a lot of times these get f- found only when the house goes up for sale because people are moving in out of the house or they just ignore it. They see the crack in the foundation wall. And rule number one, when you're talking foundation cracks is it's never going to fix itself and it never gets better. I just so thought of once something. it's moving. Tell them the story. That? Remember your story about the, the, the sign where someone put a sign up for the crack. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's up on Around the House Facebook page. I will re-share this up and make sure we get that up here over the weekend. But I am walking in a, I was working with a foundation company at the time, and this wasn't that many years ago. And a realtor in my local area had this huge crack. Like I could put my fingers (laughs) in this basement wall foundation crack. Sweet. And the sign says something like, Foundation crack, not structural, has not given the homeowner a problem over the last 20 years. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, I'm going to put a sign on it. A That's sticky, gonna fix it. A sticky note. Right well, the crack. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a 
produced sign with the realtor company name on it. I mean, it's crazy. So here's the thing. If you have cracks that go up and down, those are less likely to be an issue than ones that go from side to side. They're both problems. But those horizontal cracks are the ones that can be a huge issue. But you don't have to lift the house up and put a new foundation in to fix these things. So here's the thing that you can do. You can actually put in carbon fiber to repair a lot of those. So if you've got a concrete wall foundation and you've got a big tree outside that is pushing up against the foundation, and now you've got that long horizontal crack going, Mm -hmm. and maybe that, that wall is bowed two, three, four, five inches. What I mean by that, if you put a six foot level on it, and you've got two or three or four inches there of space between the level on the low side and it's touching in the middle, that's a big bowed wall. So in that situation is when I contact a structural engineer, have them write a report on the repair because you want them to make sure that they are comfortable with that. Even if you're going to do this as a DIY, get that structural repair Mm -hmm. because if this comes up down the road when you sell the house, you want to be able to go, had an engineer looked at it, bang, you put that paper on the table and say, we fixed it. Here's our repair. Correct. Problem solved. So the key is, is you can use carbon fiber strip, strips with, with epoxy and fix that and repair that. Totally repairable. And it'll be just as strong as the foundation wall was without it. Nice. That's a good way to do it. Now, if you've got a lot of those, we've actually built in in the past, I've poured a new interior foundation wall. Mm. So what you do is you come in and on the inside, take away that foundation floor and put in another six-inch foundation on the inside and pour on the inside of that wall. Now, you're going to lose a foot of your floor space in that basement. But instead of back jacking the house up, digging out the foundation, putting a new one in, you can actually pour a new footing and foundation on the inside to support that, as well as there's a lot of other metal structural systems out there that you can put in with uh, steel studs that are actually made out of a structural steel, not just the steel studs you go down and build a commercial building with, but these are actually a structural steel wall that you can block off with and build that and still support the house from the inside and still carry the load. So, Rarely these days with a foundation issue, do you have to actually jack the house up and move out of the house to do this? Any tidbits on what we should be doing to around foundations, right? I'm always a preventative person. So, you know, I've got a bunch of retaining walls going up against my foundation, which isn't good because I know that these retaining walls have gotten quite large and it's created like a rock garden that's pressing up against the foundation. So I think, you know, I always try to tell people I like a pretty good perimeter around the house where you don't have a lot of trees, you don't have a lot of shrubbery, stuff that really can impact your foundation and also draw energy. Trees draw a tremendous amount of energy out of your building. So if you've got a lot of tree roots and things like that, you'll definitely have higher heating costs. Um, So it's important to recognize that they also can contribute. So anything else, like I say, no trees, no shrubbery, have a good, good perimeter. Anything else that helps with foundations? Yeah, first off, we talked about it earlier a little bit in the tees, but I want to make sure that you don't have any weight up against the outside. So 
That would be your retaining wall. Mm -hmm. That would be, I've seen broken foundation walls because people put big tanks of water on the outside to catch the rainwater with, you know, that stuff is always bad. Any kind of weight that you put out there, if you're going to do that, have a, if you're going to have that, put a big pad out there with uh, rebar and have a pad design. So it doesn't put too much weight up against the outside of that foundation. There's ways to do that, but weight is bad. Water is probably the worst. And what I mean by water is if you have downspouts that come out of your gutters Mm -hmm. and drain right next to the foundation, that is the guarantee for water damage to your foundation. It will ruin the foundation and it will cause water damage in your crawl space or basement, no matter where you're at. So if that downspout does not go into a storm drain system that takes that water at least 10 feet away from the house, Mm -hmm. you are causing foundation damage. End of story. So gutter extenders, gutter transport. No. No? You can't even put gutter extenders on there. You want that to go into a uh, down into a system to get that water at least 10 feet out. So you could do a gutter, so, like in, in my property, we have a gutter, it, it goes into a gutter extender, it goes under the ground, and then it comes out like, I don't know, it's probably 20 feet down the hill. Yeah, you want a storm drain system. Yeah. So what you want to do is you want to have a piece of hard pipe that it goes into, like PVC. ABS pipe, mm-hmm. you know, three inch, four inch, whatever, that's rated for below ground, goes down, and that solid pipe at least 10 feet away, and then you can transition at that point into a perforated pipe or something like that to let the water go back into the ground system to do that. But if you are going anywhere closer than that, you got to think about the water that comes out of those. You're hitting that on a point and that point is like the top of a cone. So if you think of a pyramid, that pyramid is where the water hits the top. And as it goes down, it's a cone Hmm. and tree roots will even make it go farther because it'll follow the path of the tree root but you can have water that'll travel eight or 10 feet back into the foundation and it's from your gutter system. Bad. Yeah. And that causes a ton of problems. We had a problem here in Portland where I live, where the city had the stormwater going into the sewage. Mm-hmm. So it was going into the sewer system. They did not have a separate stormwater system. So back 40 plus years ago, they said, we got a problem they were overflowing sewage into our Willamette River, which goes through the middle of the city. Hmm. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of gallons of sewer would go into the river when it would overflow every time we'd get a big rainstorm. So they went around and gave homeowners a tax deduction on their bill to disconnect their storm drains. But they didn't tell people they actually had to move it out into the yard or do something. They just disconnected it. The city came by, put some concrete in that pipe, blocked it off, put a tag on it so they could put that on their tax thing. And now there's around this city here with all the rain we get, there's millions of dollars worth of foundation damage because people just disconnected them right next to the house. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. And thus you get flooded basements. You get all those other things. I have gone into basements where they've done that with the older concrete here in town. And I could sit there and pick through the foundation till I see daylight with my bare hands mm-hmm. because of the water. All right. Well, we're out of time. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to 
around the house. Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.